surprising that on our Thanksgiving theme Sunday, I'm actually going to be talking about thankfulness a little bit. <laughs> so, I, while I was thinking about this topic, I decided that I was going to do a little bit of research and just see what are the scientific studies that have been done over the past few years of what actually happens to people who give thanks all the time. So I just made a little list of a few benefits that come from being thankful. First off, gratitude improves physical health. And they did a study, and it showed that people who were thankful all the time felt less aches and pains, and overall felt more healthy than people who weren't thankful all the time. Another study showed that gratitude improves psychological health. And people who are thankful all the time are more happy and less depressed than those who are not. Another one showed that gratitude increases empathy and reduces aggression. It helps people to deal with the angers that they have. Another one showed, and this one was kind of funny to me, gratitude helps people sleep better. <laughs> they did a study and it showed that people who spent 15 minutes each night just writing down things they were thankful for in a notebook, those people slept better and slept longer than people who didn't. Another study showed that gratitude improves self-esteem because when you're grateful, it makes you stop comparing yourselves to others and stop wishing you had more than you already do. And the last study shows that gratitude increases mental strength. It not only helps you to deal with stress, but it helps you to deal with tragedies in your life as well. That, and they actually did a study on veterans who had served in combat, and those who were constantly thankful experienced much less PTSD than other veterans who served in the same combat who weren't thankful all the time. So as you can see, there's a whole lot of bonuses to being thankful. But since we're in a church, I decided I might should take a look at some of the biblical reasons of why we should be thankful as well. So the biggest reason and most obvious reason is this. God commands us to be thankful. All right, I can leave now. That's all. <laughs> it's actually written 139 times throughout the Bible the word thankfulness in all of its different forms appears. So as you can tell, it's a very important thing. Well, what if you just don't have anything to be thankful for? I've been in situations like that where I'm like, well, I don't really have something to be thankful for. Well, I just created a little list of just some things that came to my head when I thought of things that everyone can be thankful for. First, you woke up today. You can breathe. You have a roof over your head, you have food on your plate, you have air conditioning, you have transportation, you got here safely, you have friends who care about you, you have a healthy church family, you have a God who knows you, you have a God who sees you, you have a God who protects you, a God who provides for you, and a God who loves you. And your God saw that we had no hope by ourselves. So your God sent his only son to this planet. He was rejected, persecuted, and beaten. He was tortured and hung on a cross. Your God died for you.
Now isn't that something to be thankful for? So don't ever get in a mode where you think, well, I just don't have anything to be thankful for because I can guarantee you, you have a lot to be thankful for. What about if I'm just going through a really bad time right now? I've definitely been in situations where I'm like, well, if God's going to put me in this, why do I have to be thankful to him? Well, I want to read you this verse. It's James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See what he's saying here? He's saying when trials come your way, don't just pout about it and say, oh, poor me, all this bad stuff is happening. He's saying you should be thankful to God because you know that these trials will strengthen you and increase your endurance. He's saying you should, when trials come your way, you should thank God that he has given you an opportunity to grow. So last thing I want to talk about before I close of why you should be thankful is because words, your words have an immense amount of power over you. And I had to, a few years back, I had to take a speech class in college. And in the speech class, they have a whole big chapter in the book just about what to do if you are afraid when you're going up to speak. And the first and biggest point of all of it is just give yourself a pep talk. So I'm telling you, your words, even if you don't realize it, they have an immense amount of power over how you act and how you feel. So that's why being thankful is so important, because when you stop yourself and make yourself start thanking God for the things you have, your brain shifts from thinking about all of the bad things that's happening in your life to all of the blessings that you have. And that changes everything. So, as I close, I just want to make two big points. First off, no matter what you are going through, you always have something to be thankful for. The second point is that the trials in your life are not a reason to not be thankful. They are another reason that you should be thankful. Because you know that you're going to grow and God is going to get glory through your trials. Thank you. So, Josh kind of gave a general, and I want to give a, a little more specific um, reason why, and a practical how, even. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. Psalms 101, verse 1. Now, this is in ESV. I also want to give a literal translation of this verse. Um, just the wording is slightly different, meaning the same thing. I will sing of mercy and judgment. To you, O Yahweh, I will sing praise. Now, we're in a Sunday about thankfulness, gratefulness, about thanksgiving. And here I am bringing up verses about music. How does that tie together? Now all my praise fans are like, it makes perfect sense. What are you talking about? But, for all you non-more music people... Um, music, especially in my life, 
leads way to freedom in, in many ways that most things can't, at least for me. And then freedom gives way to exactly what we're talking about, gratefulness, thankfulness for what we have. See, music shows a freedom that does not exist elsewhere in the world because if I go home, bad situation, bad day at work, whatever, whatever the situation may be, go home, I can put my earbuds in, play some music, and I hear nothing else. All I hear is the music. I then enter into like a different universe almost. It's a universe of blissfulness. It's, it's a utopia. Everything else disappears. We have the music dancing to our ears, all the trebles, the mids, the bass. All of this melody blends in and makes everything else fade away. Really good, perfect illustration of this is a few years back, some of you may know I disappeared from this church for about six months because of a, a calling that I got. It was very strong, but how that happened is very important. See, I was in a struggle with my call to ministry. Not that whether I was or was not, it was the fact that I knew I was, but yet I had no real solid ministry other than personal. I wanted to be like I am here, pastor, preaching, teaching youth and whoever will listen. I was working, don't get me wrong, because I said I was here before I left. I was working and doing, but I wanted to move farther. And it just seemed in me, not that it was anybody's fault here, that I was struggling with this. I was having issues internally with me and God of why am I, why I'm not moving. So I go home, go into my room, put my headphones in and start to pray. Have music playing in the background. And pray, God, I know you called me, but where are you calling me to? I don't know where I land. I don't know where I'm supposed to land. So, I'm listening. I found new songs. I get into this mode of utopia, like I said. And in all that, God actually speaks to me in this whole other universe I enter. And God says, wait on me. I said, okay, thank you, God. I'm going to pray very specifically of this is what I want to happen. If I am called to ministry as I feel I am, then have this happen very specifically. But in that moment, those, those events unfold. But later in the week, but at that moment, I take my earbuds out, and I'm literally doing what most of us in the praise band do every Sunday and during practice. We're jumping, I'm jumping up and down. I'm singing. I'm dancing. I'm happy. Because music allowed me to escape reality for a moment and give me freedom. I then came out to be very thankful for what just happened, that the words of God came to me, spoke to me directly, but that I had a closeness with God for that very moment. That was very, very, very real. And that expression of freedom gives way to the thankfulness that we all should have, the spirit of thankfulness. You simply at that moment are, are happy. You're, not, you're nothing more and you're nothing less. Simply happiness. See, we come out of that in that pure state. But getting lost in music opens our minds and our souls and our bodies into a divine revelation we may not see otherwise. So, we then only have one option. We come out of that moment, out of that other universe, with one option. And that is to give thanks. To be grateful for exactly what just happened. See, we then... 
come out of that universe to worship in adoration of him, in adoration of his majesty. We adore him at that moment. So with that, I ask and plead and beg that we all open our minds, that we can take this moment to reflect on the freedom that we have, all the things that Josh listed, the roofs, the food, the jobs, the waking up, those are due to freedom in a lot of ways, especially here in America. So that freedom leads way to gratefulness. I ask that we all open our hearts and minds to that very thankfulness and receive God's spirit of thankfulness. Trying to make the point today, living proof that ministers can go short when they need to. So, very proud of these two guys for sticking within their boundaries, and now it's my turn to do that. So, listen to this passage from Psalm 92. And now uh, this is the English, uh, English, English version, it's uh, ESV. Uh, it is fitting to thank the Lord... And to sing praises to your name, O Sovereign One. It is fitting to proclaim your loyal love in the morning and your faithfulness during the night. To, uh, to the accompaniment of ten stringed instruments and a lyre. To the accompaniment of meditative tone of the harp. For you, O Lord, have made me happy by your work. I will sing for joy because of what you have done how great are your works, O Lord. Your plans are very intricate. And we're just thinking about Thanksgiving, and these two guys have done a great job of, of giving you some principles and truths about that. This passage says morning and noon and night. It says all through the day, morning and night, you should be praising and thanking God. It actually says, and the translation is really good, it is fitting. It is fitting it is appropriate to sing. It is appropriate to be thankful. By the way, it's not a generic thankfulness. This is hugely important in our culture. Okay? I'm just going to push this right over the top of the millennials and everybody else. We There's this thing that's kind of run rampant through us in the last 8 or 10 years that says Christians are very offensive to people, um, whether we're talking about Christmas or whatever, that we keep you know, kind of... We're just offending people all the time with our faith. And so it's caused us to want to step back and be very generic uh, in our faith life and in our wording um, to, to, to not use the name of the Lord, but to say, well, I'm very thankful. I'm a very thankful person. The text actually says you're thankful to someone. And you're not just thankful in general. Now, it's great to be thankful. Josh gave a great list of things that if you're a thankful person will help you you know, physically sleep better and be healthier and all that good stuff. But but the Bible teaches for those of us that have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, saved by Him, we have a specific thankfulness that we should have. And it actually says all through the Bible, it should be verbalized. Not generic, but verbalized. We are to thank the Lord for what He's done for us. We're to thank the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. For what he's done for us. So when you're out in public and you give thanks for something. Or you say, you know, I just, I'm very thankful. You should include who you're thankful for. Well, that might offend somebody. Listen to me very carefully. 
is God more when you don't? Okay, and I'm way more glad to have his approval than people's approval. And so please thank, thank God in public. Thank the Lord for what he's done for you. Don't just be thankful because we've kind of come to a place in our culture where we're so cautious with our wording. We're never giving God glory anymore. And I promise you, he's offended. He's offended when his children won't use his name. When we won't say out loud, the Lord Jesus did this for me. He, he saved me. He helped me. He rescued me from the pits. Um, God you know, washed me clean, clean from my sin. That's a thing that Christ did for me. When you're not thankful out loud with his name, I think you're offending him. And I'm way more worried about offending him than I am culture and people here. Right? We, I can figure that all out and, you know, you know, I don't have anything you can sue me for anyway, so it's okay. You know, I, I'll get through all that. I'll get through all that, but man, I don't want to be offensive to the one who washed my sins and cleansed me and sent his son to die for me. Do you? Right? So our thankfulness needs to be very specific. And it's morning, noon, and night. It actually says in the text um, to, that we will sing for joy. And then it says it's fitting to proclaim your love in the morning to the accompaniment of ten stringed instruments, to, to music. Right? And, and it actually says it's fitting to do that. So I'm just going to remind my wife that all those years ago, when we were just a young couple, and I got that banjo home, it was fitting for me to stay up at night in the long hours <laughs> and practice that banjo for Jesus. Right? So, no, it was terrible, wasn't it? She hates that thing, by the way. She absolutely hates my banjo playing. So, but it was fitting. It's fitting to take instruments. And use them to worship the Lord. It's why we do what we do on Sunday mornings here. It's why we bring that into the, the worship together in corporate worship time. And then it says, it makes us happy. God is the one who makes us happy. God's the one who's done these great works. God's the one worthy of praise. And it shouldn't embarrass us or be a problem for us to say that out loud. And the Bible says, and I want you to hear these words again. It is fitting to thank the Lord. It is fitting to thank the Lord. Will you say that little sentence with me out loud? Real strong. Come on. It is fitting to thank the Lord. It's fitting. It's right. It's good. It's appropriate to thank the Lord. Will you please make sure you apply that this week? And then I want to jump over to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5. And here's what it says in Ephesians 5. Be very, verse 15. Be very careful. How you live. If we could just get our Christian families and individuals who are walking by faith to apply that verse, we'd be way ahead. Part of our efforts in small groups and our growth groups here at the church is to help each other be very careful how we're living, how we're walking among the people of this world. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Anybody got any question about whether the days that we live in are evil? Any question at all about that? Check the news site if you have a problem. Just watch the news. Our days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. We did that this morning. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord 
always giving thanks to God the Father for, F-O-R, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks. So just a quick, quick review of this verse, this passage with you this morning. It's a warning, and yet it's also a very passionate instruction from the Apostle Paul because he wants the Ephesian church to kind of get their head around some things. And he's talking about how they live. As Christ followers, we are to live a certain way. And so he says, be very careful how you live. Make the most out of it. One, one The old translations say, walk circumspectly. I should go, what? circumspectly mean back in the old King James days you go what does that word really mean and then it means be very cautious be very careful and very alert and and study how you're going to live how you behave the attitudes and the actions that you have and then he says it's the Lord's will to be filled with the spirit horribly misunderstood verse so I'm going to give you a little quick thumbnail sermon on that the word filled doesn't mean like a glass okay I get really frustrated with Church people who say, we just don't have enough of the Holy Spirit. Can't even, that's not even a sentence you can make biblically. Okay? You have, if you got saved, you have all of the Holy Spirit. When God gave you the Holy Spirit, He didn't give you portions of it. Like, hey, I'm gonna fill, I'm gonna give John just a little bit, and I'm gonna give Jay a little bit more. I'm gonna give Lisa a whole lot so she can just fuss at John all the time about his little bit, right? John, well, yeah, that's There's no portions of the Holy Spirit that are given to us. When you got saved, you were given all of the Holy Spirit. Would you please tell the person sitting next to you, I've been given all the Holy Spirit. All. All the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you have all of the Holy Spirit. So, well, then why is he telling us to be filled? Because the word that he uses means controlled. It's actually a word... It's used in Acts of some people that were controlled by demons. Okay, so it, it actually means to be controlled. Uh, when Ananias and Sapphira in Acts um, came to, to the apostles and they lied. Remember that whole, it's a very bad to tell lies story. Remember that one? It's a very bad idea to tell lies because you might die. So when they came and lied, the, the, the apostles asked him, why are you filled with evil? And it doesn't. It means control. They are controlled by the evil that's in them. So here's the, here's the point that Paul's making. The Holy Spirit can control you or you can control yourself. Your choice. Your choice. And he's saying people that are controlled. See, when people get, in Paul's day, when they got drunk with wine, which, by the way, was very watered down. So you had to drink just gallons of it to get drunk drunk. But when that happened, if you've ever been around drunk people, here's what happens. They're controlled by the alcohol that's in their system, and it's got their brain all messed up, and they're just loopy doopy, or whatever's happening with them. You know, or they get real angry, or they just get, you know, they, whatever's happening, they're controlled by the alcohol. Okay, it's not a feeling issue, it's a controlling issue. When you need the Holy Spirit, you already have the Holy Spirit. You say, Well, I need more of the Holy Spirit. No, you can't have more than you already have because you have. All the Holy Spirit. You got it. Right? What you need is to apply what you already have. In Philippians chapter 2, you need to mine out the resources. Work out the salvation which he's already given you. Go inside yourself and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and let him control 
your actions and your behaviors, then you will be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you're filled with the Spirit, here's what Paul says. Paul says when you're filled, you will speak to one another in spiritual ways. Your conversations change when you're actually controlled by the Holy Spirit versus by yourself. One of those things that cracks us up as ministers, when you're in a conversation with a bunch of guys hanging around, you know, wherever, and they don't know you're a pastor, you know, going, going to buy tires, you're going to a tire shop, buy tires, and you just hang out in the thing. You know, some guy's swearing up a storm, man, he's using words, terrible words. Blah, 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 blah. And somebody walks in and knows you and goes, oh, hey, Pastor Stan. That guy's back. Oh, man, I didn't know you're a preacher. You know, I need to offend you with all that. Hey, you didn't offend me. What man name you're taking in, man? Who is? You know? You're, again, you're offending, you're offending him, not me. Right? But if you're spiritually filled with God, you don't let that kind of stuff just run rampant through your through your tongue and you speak to one another in spiritual ways. You use psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, meaning you've, you've filled yourself with spiritual truth in the wording of these songs. Man, God's just done so much with music over the last you know, 20 years. I know it's different for some of us that grew up with a hymnal that had you know 30 hymns that we all memorized and everybody knew it. And every Sunday we're going to pick one of those 30 and you know, sing it out loud. There's a little board over here. little board right up here. Hanging on the wall, they have the hymn number. Remember those days? Little hymn number. So when you got here early, you got to look up the hymn. Well, what hymn was in today? Right? You learn, you know what? Know if you knew the hymn. But now every week, somebody's writing these great songs. Great are you, Lord. You know? Incredible wording to these songs that we're singing. And somebody's writing these great songs, and it's just a privilege to get to wrap our instruments around that, wrap our voices around it, and go, man, I want to sing that truth unto you. We're going to close the service, Miss Anita. We're going to close the service by singing Gracefully Broken. What a great song. Gracefully Broken. Take all that I have. You know, take all that I have and pour it out to you. So for here's what controlled by the Spirit looks like. We speak to one another in spiritual ways. We sing and we make music in our hearts. And here's the phrase. We always give thanks for everything. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in everything. And I used to have people tell me when I was young in my faith and, and a pastor that didn't read all his Bible good yet, I was still ca- catching up with some truth. I used, to, I used to have these people tell me, well, you don't have to give thanks for bad things, you give thanks in them. When you're going through a bad time, you give thanks in it. First Thessalonians 5.16, it was on the screen a minute ago with that video. In everything, give thanks. In everything. So I'm going through a really bad time. I'm in it. i got to give thanks. But when you read the whole Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, it says to give thanks for everything. Well, wait a minute. I can give thanks in cancer. I can give thanks in a, a physical or emotional or spiritual trial that's beating me down in it. But I'm also supposed to give thanks for it. You want to talk about what a spiritually filled person does? A person that's controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by their emotions, not by their... It's not a woo-hoo thing being filled by the Spirit. It's not all woo-hoo thing. It's a, it's a mature spiritual thing where you go, I can give thanks to God for anything. The Apostle Paul can be chained to a guard for two years, eat prison food, sleep on hard stone floors in a prison, and he can say, I am thankful. I don't need anything. Thanks for the offering you sent me, chapter 4. Thanks for the offering you sent me. But I don't need it. Because I'm filled with joy and I'm content. That's a, that's a mature man 
filled with the Spirit, who knows what it means to be thankful, not just in his trial, but for his trial. He actually says at the beginning of Philippians that this trial for him has meant the praetorian guard around Rome has heard the gospel crystal clear now. He's been there two years, chained to guards. Isn't that incredible? We are to be thankful not just in, but for everything. So at the top of the service, we had this moment where everybody was calling out these things. Y'all are slow getting started on that. It kind of scared me. You know, give thanks to the Lord for things, for all that he's done for us. But the Bible says we're to give thanks for hard things. For hard things. Difficult things just as well, right? So would anybody want to just blurt it out right there where you are? Give thanks for something that's been difficult for you? Might, might not be difficult for us, but it's difficult for you. Just something you went through. Or walking. Yes. All the knee surgeries and all that challenge you've had physically. Four. Marriage. Yes. Difficult things. We give thanks. You say, I give thanks for what? Come on. Mature, by the way, when we do that. It's maturing. Different, isn't it? It's not like, woo hey, got cancer. No. Like, oh, Lord, I give thanks for what you're taking me through. Somebody else, give me another one. Grown up children. I <laughs> thought you said thrown up, but you said grown up children. Yeah. Thanks for grown up children. Good, good. Somebody else. That's a trial, by the way. Grown up children are trials. Somebody else, what are we thankful for? The hard things now. Not just the easy. These ones are easy. Your jobs, yeah. Yeah, being your pastor. I'm thankful for that. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. hard work. You have no idea what about it. Somebody else, what are you thankful for? Hard stuff. Come on. A couple more. The ministry in Satsuma work. Trying to thank the Lord for turkey and peas and grandpa and all the stuff, Barbie dolls and all the stuff she's thankful for. You know what we also have to be thankful for? All the things that we're going through. The hardest things we go through are still gifts from Him, and they're Him doing a great work in.